On today's story session, a tale about an alcoholic dog and a psychotically vengeful bird. This is Loyal Godfather Sparrow. My name is Zach Stewart, and these are the Shadow Bear Story Sessions. Shadow Bear Story Sessions, the podcast about how brutally dark and totally insane folk tales and fairy tales used to be, which in my opinion just made them way better. So we're going through the original versions of Grimm's Fairy Tales story by story. We'll figure out the intended lessons and the actual lessons of each story, and afterwards I'll adapt the tale into a movie or TV show. So let's get right to it with today's tale titled Loyal Godfather Sparrow. We... Begin. Once upon a time, there was a deer about to give birth. All right. And she asked the fox to be the godfather. However, the fox invited the sparrow to be godfather as well. And the sparrow also wanted to invite his special good friend, the house dog, to be godfather. That's not how godparents work. You don't get a plus one to being a godparent. And then that person gets a plus one, too. If the deer wanted three co-godfathers, then fine. That's cool. If someone asks you to be godfather, you can't just show up and be like, Hey, I brought my buddy Jim. He's going to be godfather, too. Oh. Oh, and his friend Derek just got out of prison, so he brought him along and thought he could be godfather also. I know you don't know them, but they're both... They're great guys. Anyway, where's this kid? However, the dog's master had tied him up with a rope because the dog had returned home very drunk from a wedding. (laughs) Yeah, this is not a guy you want to shoehorn in as another godfather. I really like this world, though. So there's a guy who has a dog, and he knew his dog was going to some type of forest wedding and was cool with that, but then the dog stumbled home wasted, and the dog's owner is like, Aw, come on, you're drunk, aren't you? Well, gotta tie you up. Just imagine you're a dog owner, and you let your dog out, and he comes back completely wasted with wedding cake all over his face. Actually, you'd be like, damn, my dog is awesome and way cooler than me, probably. We continue. The sparrow thought that this was not a problem, and pecked and pecked at the rope one thread after the other as long as it took for the dog to be released. Okay, so my example of the third guy being broken out of jail turned out to be pretty spot on here. Now they went together to the godfather's banquet and enjoyed themselves very much because there was plenty to eat and drink there. The dog, however, didn't pay attention and drank too much wine again. (laughs) Why did the sparrow insist on bringing this guy? The sparrow wasn't even asked to be godfather. He was asked... By the fox, I'd be so pissed off if I was this deer having a child and the person who has to be godfather brought his shithead friends with him. When they stood up, his head was so heavy that he could barely stand on his four legs. Nevertheless, he staggered part of the way toward home. Okay, well, how did everything go with the deer and the deer's kid? I guess we're not following that storyline. Instead, we're following this alcoholic dog which, if I'm being honest, is a pretty good call, because that's definitely way more interesting. Finally, however, he fell over and remained lying in the middle of the road. 
Just then, a carter came and wanted to drive over him with his cart. Carter, don't do that! The sparrow cried out, or you'll pay for it with your life. Okay, way to look out for your buddies, sparrow. However, the carter didn't listen to him. Instead, he whipped the horses and drove the horses right over the dog, so that the wheels broke the dog's bones. Oh my God! See, this is why you shouldn't have freed the dog. Sparrow, he is an alcoholic, and you are taking him to a party with as much to eat and drink as he could drink. You freed him to take him to a party. This sparrow is a toxic enabler. <laughs> the fox and the sparrow dragged the Godfather home. He's not Godfather. He's like the backup's backup Godfather. And when Dog's master saw him, he said, "He's dead," and gave him to the carter. To bury. The hell is that move? Don't bury him yourself. Don't give the dog's body to the guy that murdered your dog. Man, now I know why the dog is driven to drink. If this is the type of owner he's got. Now the carter thought that the dog's skin was still useful. Ugh. So he loaded the dog onto his cart and drove away. However, the sparrow flew nearby and yelled out, "Carter, you'll pay for this with your life." Carter, you'll pay for this with your life. The carter was angry at the little bird because he thought he was being taken for a fool. So he grabbed his axe and tried to hit the sparrow, who flew higher into the air. Instead of hitting the sparrow, the carter hit his horse's head, so that the horse fell down dead. Man, so he missed bad. The carter had to leave it lying there and drive on. With the other two horses, then the sparrow returned and sat down on the head of another horse. Carter, you'll pay for this with your life. The carter ran toward the bird and yelled, "I've got you!" But as he tried to hit the sparrow, he struck his horse on the head <laughs> so that it fell over, dead. Mister, real bad again. Now there was only one horse left. The sparrow didn't wait long and sat down on the head of the third horse and cried out. Carter, you'll pay for this with your life. But the carter was now so furious that he didn't think about what he was doing and just swung his axe randomly. Now all three horses had been beaten to death, <laughs> and he had to leave the cart standing there. Man, so this is a massacre right here. This sparrow is on a mission. Angry and vitriolic, he went home and sat down behind the oven. Why? Why is he sitting behind the oven? Is that his angry place or something? But the sparrow had flown after him, sat down in front of the window, and cried out, "Carter, you'll pay for this with your life." The sparrow is not done. He's gonna finish the job. The carter grabbed his axe and smashed the window, but he didn't hit the sparrow. Buddy, maybe an axe isn't the best way to go after a small bird. Three dead horses and a broken window. You'd think this guy would learn this lesson at some point. Now the bird hopped inside the house, sat down on top of the oven, and cried out, "Carter, you'll pay for this with your life!" Crazy and blind with rage, he chopped the entire oven to pieces. And as the sparrow flew from one place to another, the carter smashed all the household utensils, 
mirrors, chairs, benches, table, and the walls of the house. So this guy is demolishing his entire house down to the utensils. He's chopping up each individual utensil. My god, this sparrow is avenging his friend super effectively. I've got to give the sparrow credit here. Finally, he grabbed hold of the sparrow and said, Now I've got you. He stuck the bird into his mouth and swallowed it whole. Interesting strategy here, taking a bit of a change of tact, although I don't know why he's abandoning the axe now that he actually physically has hold of the thing. However, when the sparrow was in the carter's body, it began to flap its wings and it fluttered up to the carter's mouth, stuck its head outside, (laughs) and cried out, Carter, you'll pay for this with your life. Alright, this Sparrow is super badass. This is the guy you want as Godfather. This is your Godfather number one. This is your best buddy number one right here. Well, now the Carter gave the axe to his wife and commanded, Wife, strike the bird in my mouth and kill it. But the wife missed her mark, and instead she struck her husband in the head so that he immediately fell down on the ground dead, while the sparrow flew out and away. The end. I mean, it didn't matter if the wife missed her mark. She was swinging an axe and aiming for his mouth. (laughs) She's gonna kill him, even if she hit the bird too. But also, his wife was there? She was witnessing the demolition of their house the entire time. It doesn't say she tried to stop him, so I guess she just watched this all unfold. But she wasn't enraged like he was, so why did she swing the axe? She wasn't blind with rage. She clearly, she might have been clear-headed. We don't know this. But still, she swung that axe at his head. Okay, well actually, she just watched him destroy their entire house and all of their belongings while trying to kill a bird. So you know what? She probably wanted to kill him after that. I don't I don't know if I can blame her. But hold on. What was the point of the whole deer having a child and asking the fox to be godfather? Why was that even part of this story? We completely abandoned that almost immediately. The whole godfather thing was completely irrelevant. We also don't do anything with the fox. He's pretty much cast aside immediately. And it all just actually made the story more complicated than it needed to be. They should have just been like, there was a party in the forest and the sparrow wanted his friend the dog to come. That's all. That's all you need. That's all that's necessary to get where we needed to go. Instead, we've got this chain of godfathers, which again, isn't a thing. I don't know. Maybe they needed to add some type of reverence for the occasion to show that the dog wasn't taking it seriously or being respectful and was just getting drunk and everything. But the moral of the story doesn't seem to be that the dog was disrespectful. The central focus of the story is definitely this bird's quest for vengeance and driving his friend's killer to insanity and death, which was a pretty cool story. I'm not going to lie. I'm all team Godfather Sparrow here, but it does muddy the waters of what we're supposed to take away from this story. I mean, one of the lessons has to be a cautionary tale about the dangers of alcohol, right? There's an alcoholic dog who gets wasted at a christening, falls asleep in the street, 
and is run over by a horse-drawn cart. So yeah, it's definitely saying that alcohol is dangerous. I don't see why the fox and sparrow couldn't have just dragged him out of the street immediately when he passed out. They dragged him home after he gets run over. I can't really think of any other intended lessons here. I mean, the carter intentionally runs over and kills the dog. That is super fucked up. That's why I'm team Godfather Sparrow here. And in this story, the dog is anthropomorphized, so it's basically a person. So it goes to parties, it has friends and godchildren, it gets drunk. It's a person, basically. So maybe one of the lessons is that if you intentionally, brutally kill people, you deserve to die. I guess I can agree with that. The Carter pretty much deserves what he gets. His wife doesn't. His wife gets her house destroyed. Doesn't seem to deserve that. We don't know much about her, but doesn't seem to deserve that. But the Carter definitely deserves what he gets, considering the dog is basically a human. Even if the dog was just a dog. Still super fucked up. But if he'd just kept his head, the Carter would have been fine. He went crazy and started swinging his axe and killing his own horses. But maybe that's another lesson. Keep your head. If you're being antagonized by birds or people or anything else, maybe one of the lessons is that anger and, and bloodlust can be self-destructive. Because the Carter's callousness in killing the dog was the start of his downfall. And then his anger at the bird is what escalated that to him just ultimately getting killed. But then again, the bird's anger and bloodlust is portrayed as good and just. So I don't know. I don't know where they stand on this. I don't know about that one. Is the story trying to be like, if someone drops one of your buddies, you gotta get revenge? Because that is, that's an odd tact to take for an old folktale. <laughs> but and I don't know if I agree with that. It also could have easily led to the sparrow getting killed. I mean, the horses get killed too. They're innocent bystanders in all of this. That's pretty tragic. It's definitely, at least partially, the sparrow's fault. The last horse even sits right on the the horse's head, so he's definitely intending for that to happen. That's the, that's the sparrow's fault, for sure. And in this world where animals are kind of humanized, pretty messed up. Pretty messed up from the sparrow on that side. Now I'm rethinking being Team Sparrow here. The sparrow is the one that freed the alcoholic dog in the first place, too, so that it could go get drunk and then ultimately die because it got too drunk. The dog was chained up because it was getting drunk too much. It explicitly says that the owner tied him up because he was too drunk when he got back from the wedding the night before. So it was for his own good. It was just to like sleep off the hangover and detox a little bit. You are an enabler, Sparrow, and the dog's death kind of partially on your hands when you think about it from that lens. The story is called Loyal Godfather Sparrow. That title definitely glorifies the Sparrow, and I don't think... The Sparrow necessarily deserves that. <laughs> also, being a godfather has nothing to do with his loyalty or his actions in this story. He's not the dog's godfather. He's the understudy of the actual godfather, which is the fox. But even if the Sparrow is a godfather, he's godfather to the deer's child. And neither the deer or the deer's child do anything in this story, except throw the party where the dog got wasted before being murdered in the street. Man, this story is insane and dark, and I love it. Now, let's adapt this thing. So, I'm picturing this one as a movie. Let's start off with a guy who's getting married. This will be played by Adam Scott. And Adam Scott was part of a group of four friends growing up, 
and they were very close all through childhood and through college. But two of these friends just kept partying and doing drugs and generally just fucking around in life. And so Adam Scott sort of drifted away from those two, but he's remained close to the third friend, who's kind of in the middle ground between straight-laced Adam Scott and the two party boys. And this guy in the middle ground, he'll be played by Ron Funches. Good comedian. So when it comes time for Adam Scott to plan his wedding, he asks Ron Funches to be his best man. But he says he's not going to have any groomsmen. And Ron's like, come on, man. I know you're not close to those two guys anymore, but we were best friends for so long. They should be there. They have to be there. They should be groomsmen, even. And finally, Adam Scott relents and invites them to the wedding as groomsmen. And I feel like that captures the spirit of the original story where the sparrow and the dog are not asked to be godfather, but the fox just gets them in the door anyway. So then we meet the two party boys themselves, who will be played by Adam Pally and John Gabris, two comedians who actually just came out with a new show together. It's pretty funny. It's like a travel show. And they all go to the wedding, which is a destination wedding in Puerto Vallarta in Mexico. And the night before the wedding... Against Adam Scott's warnings, Adam Pally and John Gabris, they go out partying, and John Gabris gets thrown in jail. And so in the morning, Adam Pally manages to break Gabris out of jail so they can attend the wedding, which they barely make it on time to, and Adam Scott just lets out a sigh of relief. So the wedding goes great, but toward the end of the night, Gabris gets too drunk again, so Adam Scott is like, thanks so much, guys. I'm, I'm really glad we reconnected. I think maybe you should pack it in for the night, though. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a drink. Say goodbye before I leave for the honeymoon. And so John Gabris and Adam Pally leave, but they don't go to their hotel rooms, of course. They go party again late into the night out on the town. And this time, things go even worse. And John Gabris starts a fight and gets kidnapped by a cartel. Adam Pally manages to get out of there before they grab him, and he gets back to the hotel Early the next morning, he had to like run back or walk back, get back on his own. And he bangs on Ron Funches' door and says what happened. And they go talk to Adam Scott, who's like, Look, I went out on a limb inviting you guys, and you went and got into trouble anyway, so don't ask me for any help. And that's when Adam Pally's like, Hey man, we always treated you like a brother, but at some point along the way, you started thinking you were better than us. You think we're perfectly happy with our lives? Of course not. But that doesn't mean you had to turn your back on us. And it hits home with Adam Scott. And then they get a call from their cartel demanding an insane ransom. And it's like a FaceTime call. And they see John Gabris. He's all beaten up. And they hang up the call. And Adam Pally says, we got to save him. He's our brother. We got to do something. And Ron Funches and Adam Scott are like, what are you talking about? It's a cartel. We don't have the money. There's nothing we can do. And Adam Pally just snaps, just like the sparrow. And he just yells, they will pay for this with their lives. And so Adam Pally calls up some local bros he met while they were out partying the previous few nights. And he buys a bunch of guns and randomly like a few grenades also, just insane stuff. And then the rest of the movie is basically just Adam Scott, Ron Funches, and Adam Pally pulling off a raid on a cartel compound while John Gabris is on the inside super scared but also kind of winning over his captors because he's so likable and he's just treating them like bros, like buddies. And against all odds, they get Gabrus out. Adam Pally goes full-on berserker mode, shouting, you'll pay for this with your lives all the time. Maybe John Gabrus manages to get out one of the guards who he befriended, who was like solid bro. And now the friends are all back together and have a new understanding and acceptance of each other and have grown as people, and they all live happily ever after. The 
And, and that will do it for this week's story session. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Come on back next week for a story titled Prince Swan, Another Bird. <laughs> That's like three stories in a row that center around birds. Man, they fucking loved birds back in olden times. Well, come on back next week for Prince Swan. My name is Zach Stewart, and these are the Shadow Bear Story Sessions. Thank you.